0: Alright, welcome everybody, back to the Hit Factor. We have the full crew back on, we've got Sasquatch, and Jeff, and myself, Jeremy. Jeff, are you, like, where are you at on this COVID deal? Like, Hmm. you, no big deal, or you're weak? I mean, you didn't hear the last podcast yet, but we pretty much just called you out of just being weak.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know, that might be the case it it has it has sucked pretty bad like the actual being sick for me wasn't the worst part you know that was like 2 days really of having the fever and body aches and chills 2 2 to 3 days ish and then after that dude i think that's been the worst part is to like wishing i was normal again but not quite being normal uh just like being weak and every time i try to do something and get out of breath it's like i did some yard work this last weekend and it just completely drained me it's all i could do so yeah i think that's that's been the worst part for me and then also there's some really weird like psychological stuff so i might never be the same i don't know
0: (laughs) and that might be a positive yeah. Maybe. Maybe. Can you Fair uh point. can you smell or taste anything yet? No. No. Nope. So that's still gone? It's
1: still gone. Yeah, not a damn thing. Are you eating healthier? I'm eating about the same. I just eat the foods. I mean, I already kind of had a diet that was like that I eat things that I know are good for me. So I kind of eat the same things. I mean, I don't always eat good, obviously. I I eat crappy food, too. Yeah, but, we know
0: you love the junk food.
1: Yeah, but my normal diet, like my everyday, like I take my lunch to work and come home and eat like a good home-cooked dinner, and,
0: like I normally eat very well. Are you still drinking Mountain Dew? Diet Mountain Dew?
1: You know, I have, and it's too sweet. Cause that's the thing is like, I can still taste sweet and salty and like sour, but I can't taste any flavors. So if something is salty, like I salted my eggs, I was like, oh dang, these are way too salty. So it's, it's weird. It's like, if something's salty, it's too salty. And if something is sweet, it's too sweet. So I have to like tone it back. Like I can't eat as sweet of stuff, even though I can't taste it. It's just like too sweet.
0: Uh, that's, that's weird. I had not. I had not heard that before.
1: Yeah. Yep. That has been my
0: experience. All right. So recently, um, our president. Well, we could talk. We could talk about either presidents right now. They're both in hot water uh, with Biden. Uh, basically, giving up Afghanistan, and uh, we won't get into that though. Yeah. Let's uh, stick with USPSA <laughs> politics. <laughs> we just did. <laughs> uh, our most. Our other president, who is president over at USPSA, um, made a rather interesting Facebook post. Uh, I don't have it in front of me because I actually can't access it because I was blocked from it. Uh, But basically, there is a a hearing from the board of directors that is coming up on August 24th that uh, is going to determine whether... Mike Foley will be able to stay as our president, or if he is going to be removed from seven under bylaw, I believe it's 7.7 is I think the bylaw that they're using, but I could be wrong on, on that, that number. Um, Yeah. So anyway, he Foley made a big post saying help needed, please contact all of your area directors and let them know that you want Mike Foley to stay. Uh, I shouldn't be booted out just because I had an argument and we can't allow cancel culture, to uh, <laughs> to run to ruin our sport, um, to and to me the funniest part is the the comment about cancel culture because this was on his personal Facebook page and I made a comment I said, "What part of this equates to cancel culture?" And uh, I got no response other than I just got banned like i just got right. my comment got removed and i got uh booted off which is the actual definition of cancel culture's whenever you just right delete anything opposing you
2: it is bylaw
0: yes. 7.7 okay good 7.7 7. you got canceled jeremy i got canceled um that
2: that yeah. was the part that stood out to me though as i noticed like people who commented in disagreement were deleted and blocked pretty quickly yeah
1: yeah yeah when we looked at it it was like you know when you first look at a post you can see like right there there's a little uh a little deal that says how many comments are on the post but then when you actually click on the comments you can see them <laughs> and you know that said there was like nine comments and then when you actually went into the comment section, there was two comments. So it kind of tells you, and that was at the beginning, right? So I'm sure it escalated past then. I was never able to see the post. I don't know if you like had to be friends with him or what, but I'm not. So.
0: Oh yeah. I probably had to be friends with him. I bet it was, but it was uh reserved for that. So, sorry. I got, I also, I have RSV and I'm about to sneeze. And so I'm trying to talk and not sneeze at the same time. That's tough. Um, uh, the, from the amount of time that I was able to see it, the, the post was funny because I don't think it had the desired effect in like, in a rally the forces and get everybody behind Mike Foley. Um, from what I saw, it was mostly people like, well, Hey, what's your side of the story? And we haven't, we've heard the other side of the story. We haven't heard yours. And he basically goes and says, well, I'm not giving my side of the story. Cause I'm not going to, yeah. I'm not going to use social media for blah, blah, blah. Um and so, yeah, there wasn't a whole lot of, uh, people, um, coming out to, uh, to save Foley at that point.
1: That, yeah, that was to me, the most incredible, hilarious part of the, of the whole ordeal was the, the, um, I'm not going to use social media to, to try to, to sway this or whatever. Yet that was the initial intention of the post was to get people on social media to go save his ass. And then he said he wasn't gonna use social media to to do that. And it was like the it, it was the most like ironic, I don't know, oxymoron post I think I may have ever seen. It was like everything he said in the post, it was like the complete opposite was was what he was doing. You know? Yeah.
2: Yeah. It didn't make a lot of sense to me. No, like, and then also, it, not having it public at all. So I think, like you said, I think only friends could see it.
0: So not having it public didn't make a lot of sense.
1: So weird. So weird. Yeah, and
0: it. it and honestly, for me, it's kind of it's a little bit like the nail in the coffin because yeah, his the the arguments he was trying to make, the lack of logic in it. It's like okay, yeah, this guy actually isn't capable of running an organization um, because like he's just not following. Just He's just well, illogical in arguments he's making.
2: Um, the vote could really go either way, though, because to my understanding, it has to be a three-quarters majority, so eight votes, so he only has to get three people on him three area directors on his side to maintain or Six people have to want him gone to get rid of him. I
0: thought it only took five, but I could be, I could it, be totally wrong. Maybe my, it, my
2: understanding was six, unless maybe uh, like Sherwin, unless Sherwin doesn't vote since he's the VP or something. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I'm not, that, I'm not exactly sure. I, I, I was under the impression it was a 75% majority is what it <laughs> required. Yeah, so
0: that could that that could very well be it. Um, I the to me that I actually think the board at this point, like I think they will do more damage by keeping him uh, than by booting him out. Even if, because like if they keep him, can you imagine like the divide between basically your shooters who are the most active in this sport um, are like almost universally want him gone. Like I, I'm not trying to speak for all of them. I just, I don't personally, I am not personally like, Somebody that I travel with, shoot matches with, like I have not spoken to a single one that is that really wants to keep Foley, like that thinks he needs to stay in in his position. I just, I just don't personally know of one, and maybe maybe yeah. there's a whole lot out there that I don't know of.
2: The observation I've made is when you look at your more casual USPSA member who you know shoots their monthly local or or you know a couple matches a month and doesn't travel. Most of them don't really seem to have a opinion one way or the other, but when you look at the guys who travel to more matches and and take it more serious and stuff like that, I don't see a lot of support
0: yeah. out of that group of people yeah i I haven't seen it um so so it I almost feel like at this point like the board almost they almost have to just from that standpoint. Like, they're going to lose. Like, if the board keeps him, the board is going to lose the support of most of the sport at this point.
2: Honestly, um, I, I don't see good coming from either way because there's probably going to be divides. So, a bunch of people are going to be mad that he's gone, or a bunch of people are going to be mad that he's still there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's honestly, it's an unfortunate situation uh, all around. Um, so we'll see. October, August twenty fourth. Uh, we will we'll find out. I assume they're gonna since they've made the announcement that they're de- they're gonna determine it August twenty fourth. I assume fairly quickly after this. May be a bad assumption because stuff isn't always doesn't happen quick unless it's a rule change. Uh, but I'm assuming that we're going to hear rather quickly after the twenty fourth whether he <laughs> is still part of the sport or probably about he is the same
2: there. time this episode drops.
0: Yeah, probably. <laughs> Probably so anything yeah. else on the Foley situation <clears throat> and I think we've kind of discussed it in the past already so
1: yeah. Yeah, yeah I don't I don't really have any novel thoughts on it
0: it'll be it'll be fascinating to watch unfold um, all right so our next now that we've dealt with one controversy our next controversial topic which I don't guess is maybe all that controversial other than. There are lots of opinions on how to do it. Is we are going to discuss proper calibration finally. I think I've been like teasing this for like I don't know, like three months or something like that. Um, and I, what I wanted to do was take a bit of a like a scientific approach to like how we approach it. So like in the like the scientific, what is it? What is the scientific? Uh, man, it's been a long time since I'm in Scientific class. method. Yeah, the scientific method. That's that's the word I was looking for uh like first you got to state your problem and then you create a hypothesis and then you test it and then you write like in that basically the scientific method it's, any it's scientist gonna, out there are gonna like just yeah. kill me i'm sure it's, it's yeah if few, i were if, if i were to
1: guess if i were to guess like um with your track record i would i would guess that like that's not anywhere close to what the
2: scientific matter i, I, I method feel was. I feel like there was a couple more steps you left out
0: <laughs> probably that's that's okay though we're gonna we're basically scientists at this point uh the I earth is it. flat okay um, all right, so the problem is is that and I think everybody would agree to this at certain points in time, some people get screwed on a stage score because a popper fails to go down and then it goes down and then it doesn't go and it goes down in calibration so then they get a miss uh or it or it doesn't go down and it's an activator target at some point um somebody gets is gonna get screwed on that and we saw it at it, it got a lot of eyes because of production nationals this year um but it's been a like that has happened I mean that's just been part of the sport ever since I've been part of the sport. Like you just kind of accept, okay, at some point you're probably going to get screwed on a popper. Like it's going to happen. Um, yeah. So,
1: but you kind of you kind of game it too because like you know that it's a very, uh, very possible thing that's going to happen to you. So, you you do everything you can. Like you you have you've changed strategies and everything because of this rule set. Yeah.
0: Uh, right. Yeah. Um so first before we get into to fixing also I like I wanna say like the procedure we have currently is a very, very good one in a controlled environment. Would you guys agree with that?
1: What do you mean, controlled
0: environment? Like if it's a hundred percent if you can you hundred percent have hundred percent control over your environment, the system we have is very good because it like in a controlled environment, you set the poppers all up where they're like they're set up perfectly. Like it's first shooter on a stage. Uh, they go through if if a steel doesn't go down. Let's say they get an edge hit and a steel doesn't go down. The ROs there's no personal judgment in it. The ROs just say, okay, our next step is this. Our next step is this. Our next step is this. And there's no there's no actual judgment from the ROs. It has to happen. Um, and in all honesty, the system that we have works most of the time. Would you guys agree with that?
1: When you when you mean works, you mean the popper goes down when you shoot it.
0: Well, even let's say it doesn't go. Like I just like the system that we have for popper calibration and all that is is mostly good.
2: I don't think so. I disagree. I would disagree.
0: It really in, so in you, a- in a
2: perfect environment, it works. If if the steel is actually just set too heavy, it generally works.
0: Yeah, like in a, in a like I said, in a controlled environment, the system we have is very good.
2: But the problem is matches are not a controlled environment, so the, it really doesn't work that well. Okay,
0: that like that's yeah, that's where we wait, get wait, into wait, You said that's if where we get into argument.
1: You said if the if the steel was just set too heavy that it does work.
2: If the steel is actually just set heavy as in it's actually too heavy for mine to knock down then calibrate the current calibration process will work more often than not. The problem
0: is there's a lot more to it than that. Yeah. Yeah, so like and I I think that's the thing where everybody gets frustrated is that our sport doesn't happen in a controlled environment. You have wind, you have rain, you have tired ROs and you have steel that's been shot hundreds of times. So the base is moving. Uh, the the ground has settled. Like it's,
1: and you have, you have, you know, how many different competitors who are setting the steel and setting it inconsistently. Um, so, I mean, you almost always lose calibration. That's that's why I would I would he- be hesitant to say that the system is is working.
0: Uh, I, I don't necessarily know if I would agree with the statement. You almost always lose calibration. I see it go um, both ways fairly often.
1: I see way more people lose calibration.
0: It seems I, like it's just if you get
2: lucky or not. Uh, I mean, like if people, it was, I see people lose calibration
1: correctly. Then. Yeah. Then, you know, a double hit on it is going to send it over if it was like set, you know, somebody set the, the pin wrong or, or they, they rocked it forward when, when they, when they reset it or something. And then like a double hits going to send it over. Uh, so it's like, you shoot it once, you call for calibration, they shoot it again, it goes over. I just, I see way more people lose than I do get a calibration.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I'd go so far as say way more people, but, uh. Well, I just did. Um. Jeff says that. Um, Jeff's weird. Um, so, so that's kind of what we have right now. And so then it's basically at this point. And I think, I think most people who are in the sport <coughs> are ready to let's, let's do something to fix it. Uh, and I think that's where the challenge gets is how do we make a better system than what we have? Cause I think, again, I think our system, when you just look at it from, a control environment is actually pretty good. Uh, but then you take in real world effects. Not so good. Uh, do you guys want to hear the, uh, what listeners have said and then give y'all's opinions on it later?
2: Yeah. Go through all the listeners and then give opinions.
0: Okay. Uh, I'm going to give most of these names because they were posted publicly. So, um, and, I may not say somebody's exact comment because some of them were uh, like they've been said multiple times, so I'm not going to necessarily say the same one over and over again. Um, one common one was if there is a a hit in the calibration zone and it doesn't fall, then that's range equipment failure, automatic reshoot.
1: Okay, so calibration hit, calibration zone hit, doesn't go down. Uh, equipment failure.
0: Equipment failure, automatic reshoot. I I would assume at that point, if it's equipment failure, the RO would just stop the shooter competitor during the middle of a run if they notice that the steal. Well, they couldn't actually, never mind, they couldn't stop them in the middle of it because they wouldn't know if it was hit in the calibration zone definitively. So what do you guys think about that?
2: The interesting part there is it's not a massive change from current procedure and and like the poster said it would resolve a lot of popper issues the especially the bad ones uh yeah i mean (laughs) It, it it might be a good starting point to adjust for adjusting from the current procedure because it's not a massive change, but it I think it'll it would
0: probably even out a lot of problems. OK, so so what this does and, and then the other one that's similar to that is a full diameter hit within a calibration zone. Um, then it then it becomes a range equipment malfunction and basically give the shooter a, a reshoot for that. Um, do you guys see any issues with that at all?
1: I mean, what determining what is a full color, a full diameter hit is an issue. Uh,
0: white yeah. paint on on all sides of the bullet is a full diameter. But
1: then we need we need an overlay. We need okay, an so overlay then you for, then
0: you better not shoot a cast bullet because you're going to get. What if you get splatter that's like two inches wide?
1: Yeah, it's an issue. That would be an issue.
0: But you can't you can't like if if that's if that's your definition because a lot of times you get splatter with like you can hit it almost in the middle and you're going to get splatter that goes all the way to the edges. So you can't really go. You got to have white paint all the way around it.
1: I think that could potentially cause more hangups in matches, getting people well, yeah, the, arguing and calling for a range master to to argue if their hit's full diameter or not. And
0: yeah, and then I where where that. is the line for the calibration zone? So then you then your RO's got to carry around and like a yeah. For many poppers, okay. an eight inch overlay and a, what is it? Is it 10 or 12 inches for the, the big popper? I think it's 12 inches. It I don't know. Good. Someone's going to correct me, I'm sure. Uh, they're going to carry on like a 12 inch overlay for that so that they know where the calibration zone is on the bottom. Yeah. Um,
1: yeah. yeah.
0: And then it's, and then is it okay? Does it have to just touch that calibration there? And then, and then again, we're dealing with splatter. So, how like, like, so ROing that actually, in my opinion, becomes an absolute nightmare like it yeah. it sounds when you first say it, it's like oh okay yeah that makes sense but then actually scoring that uh you're going to have the RM having to come make a lot of calls on steel throughout
1: yeah and that that'll be the thing it's like it, it'll be those those close hits that cuz those are the ones that are potentially leave up the leave the popper up right those are the ones that are more likely to not knock it down are the ones that are close to the edges or just outside of calibration. Right. So those are the ones you're going to see all the time. Yeah. Like it's good in theory, but not really.
0: Yeah. I mean, those are the issues I see with it. Um, The, another one is kind of along the same line. Uh, Kenny Platt said require painting the poppers every time, which is already a requirement. Uh, If the popper is hit wholly within the calibration zone, or above the calibration zone with a complete hit and doesn't fall, the shooter gets a reshoot. Again, it's kind of the same issue as what: how do yeah. you define a complete, uh, complete hit? Uh, if it hits low or partially, the current procedure should be followed, and this should get rid of most blatant instances of getting screwed by a popper. Um, he goes on to say about part of if using poppers keeps shooters honest about power factor. Which I mean, that brings up a good a good deal. And that's that is somewhat a reason for poppers is that you're supposed to be shooting enough. Like when we calibrate the steel so that if you're shooting sub minor ammo, it doesn't go down. And so then you would get caught on that. Right. I mean, that's a little bit I, um kind of why we do that. Um, My opinion is if we're doing. If we're chronoling people, then at that point, we have to say, okay, they they made Power Factor at chrono, so they're shooting Power Factor at this match, so we can just assume that they're shooting Power Factor. Yeah. and
2: easy solution there. If you have to calibrate more than one time for the same shooter, then take a mag off their belt and go re-chrono. So yeah. There's certainly, there's ways around that without having anything to do with calibration.
0: OK, so that, that's another that's another uh, possible solution to this is if somebody hits a popper um, and they want to they want to reshoot, then they automatically go to chrono with the ammo on their on that mag. If there's ammo still in that mag or ammo that's on their belt, they automatically go to chrono with that. If they make it, then that counts as a hit and they go in and get to reshoot the stage.
1: Yeah, the the problem with something like that is it still leaves that scenario where the popper is an activator. And if if you lose, like you can't just like shoot it and finish the stage, right? You couldn't just shoot it, finish the stage and then and then go chrono and and lose the one target. It's like you you shoot it and then say so you want to you wanna stop and go chrono or something, and then you do, or it's just like you zero a whole
2: stage.
0: I mean, I, the assumption would be that you finish the stage at that point. Like, you sh- you shoot it, it doesn't go down, you yeah. finish the stage.
2: What What he's saying, though,
0: is if it was but an it's activator, a, it's... yeah you, na- you can't just lost You can't 30 finish ma- the just stage. lost 30 points on that stage. If, oh. I mean, yeah, if it's an activator, you're going to have to... I mean, that's still... that's. If it's yes. an activator, you got to shoot it down no matter what right yeah. i mean like
1: that's still that's what i'm saying it still leaves like you still have to 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 play that into your to your strategy yeah like like this one has to go down no matter what so i don't know it's just something else to think about it doesn't really change that aspect of things is you can still get super fucked by an activator popper
0: yeah yeah, definitely. With I mean, an activator deal is where it becomes a big challenge. Um, one uh, one person's solution is that uh, no calibration. You either you shoot that sucker down, and or you don't.
2: Yeah, that sounds like a good idea. If you wanted it to go down, you would shoot major.
1: I yeah. almost like that one, honestly. Like th- I mean, that's basically what I try to do anyway. Like I don't leave it up to chance. Like if I see that something's left up. Like, I'm going to shoot it down. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not leaving it up to calibration. Like, I will almost never leave it up to calibration.
0: Yeah, I mean, in a... I mean, I somewhat like that a little bit. The problem with that is is the other purpose of calibration, like, calibrating a deal, a steal, is that if something gets wrong on a stage, like, if if it gets to where it's... The base has moved and it's sitting. It's a, it's a rear falling popper and it's, it's leaning too far forward. If it gets to that point, then calibration should find that. Like somebody yeah. hits it. It doesn't go down. The RO, co- the RM comes with sub minor ammo. It still doesn't go down. So then they go look at the popper. Oh, this popper is no longer in calibration. We're going to reset it and redo it. The shooter gets a reshoot. And so it's, it's a way to be able to check. Your course of fire
1: yeah i agree that's that is a a would be a big issue because you because that you would have to you'd have to leave it up to your ro's to just to be watching for that right oh well it's taken three hits for the last three shooters we should probably do something about it um which i don't have a lot of faith in that so that would be an issue yeah What next? I mean, you team up, we knock them down. Um,
0: so we don't have we have we have yet to uh, not have a a great solution yet. Uh, Wait, so there was a, one about standardized
1: equipment. Okay, did that's you get that one? Going, in there? That's where I'm going, oh, okay. Jeff.
0: So we've we've <laughs> discussed like procedure stuff. So then the other thing is that we start changing, uh, changing the poppers themselves some way somehow. Um one person has voted okay, many poppers only, no more big poppers. Uh and just go to many poppers or plates only. What do you guys think of that? Because most people will say that well most of the time when you get screwed, it's by a big popper. You do have less issues with many poppers.
2: Correct. I, don't I like big poppers.
1: I like I big did, poppers.
2: I do too. They're
0: way easier to hit.
1: Yeah. Why would I? yeah.
0: Yeah, like I'm a massive, I'm massively opposed to that. Like I'm, I'm willing to deal with every once in a while you get screwed. I mean, I shoot major most of the time. I'll be honest, but I'm willing to deal with a little bit of getting like it's just part of the sports get screwed to be able to keep big poppers in the sport. I think from a stage designer perspective, they give you a tool to test shooters in different ways. Um, Yeah.
1: Because also because they're, they're big so they fall slow so there's a lot of timing you can do with them or you can drive them down yeah i just think they they offer too much good stuff to like an interesting stage
0: yeah um what's the other option that people come up with in is okay cut the heads off so then you're moving the center of mass lower um and most people aren't shooting it in the head uh for the most part anyway so cut the heads off there's less your center of mass is lower and so it should fall a little bit easier, and there's and there's less for the wind to mess with if you're in a windy scenario.
2: So you're talking like Colt Speed Steel, basically.
0: Yeah, that's. I mean, somebody somebody mentioned a Colt Speed Steel, which is actually a different. It's a Colt Speed Steel has a different profile than a, a big popper with a head cut off. But it's yeah, but It's somewhat similar. You would basically just cut the head off of a big pot.
2: More or less, the calibration zone is the top of it. The the base is slightly different, but the calibration zone is the
0: same. Correct. Yeah.
2: It might work, but then then you run into how many
0: clubs don't have that equipment. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, you run into that. Um. I think that's a I think that's a possibility. In all honesty, I think that is a possibility. I think it's something though that you don't, that it is, uh, you say, okay, in five years, we're no longer using big poppers with heads. So you can, you can either cut yours off or buy because in five years, a club that's very active, they probably need to be replacing that steel anyway, because that stuff's going to well, start getting warped and stuff like that. Um, but you, you could cut it off.
2: Well, you, you, you start at the higher levels. You don't, you don't, necessarily need to change it for locals but you say starting next year nationals is going to require this and two years area matches require this and in four <laughs> years or five years or whatever level twos require this locals can keep doing the old deal.
0: yeah i i think you can i think there's a way that if you if you deem that those were which those that that hasn't necessarily been proven to be a solution i think that people hypothesize Hypothesize that that's a solution, but hasn't been proven it because we don't use like Colt speed steals in USPSA matches. Um, yeah. But I, I do think if you were to go that route, I think I would hope that they would it wouldn't be a like a flashlight type ruling. Whereas just hopefully it's like okay in five years, no you're no longer doing this. That way you kind of know okay we can start replacing what we've got or making a plan to to get new stuff. Um there uh the other one that i've the other one that people come with this is standardizing popper construction so have like a like uspsa have an have an engineer come in and say this is what you have this is how the poppers have to be constructed um and so then you could find whatever the con- best construction there is we're going to go with that and uh that's that'll be our solution to it
2: one idea I would throw out if, if they were going to do something like that, I think they require it for nationals first and, and just test it. in the if they, if they want to come with an idea like that, use it in the, in the biggest match, prove that it works and let the, let it filter down. Like don't start trying to change, you know, every single match in one stroke of the pin.
1: Yeah. I mean, obviously there'd have to be some, uh, a little bit of research that went into it, but, right? They'd have to but, to figure out the construction that, that works 99.9% of the time.
2: And if you did it and it was better, it wouldn't be very long until everyone would start following
0: suit.
1: Yeah. Well, okay. you'd have to force them to follow suit. I don't think people would just follow suit.
0: Um... I'm going to say, I'm sorry, Mitch Gibson. Uh, Mitch Gibson is the one that, that said this. So there might have been some other people that have said it too, that Mitch Gibson said it too. Um, Mitch, love you, buddy, but I think that's an absolutely terrible idea. Um, <laughs> and the part of the reason why a lot of our big supporters in our sport are steel manufacturers and they have, they all have their own different designs on how to build poppers, uh, mini poppers and all that sort of stuff. Um, and some of those are, I, uh, are patented is, is my understanding Like they they have their business structured around how they have designed their bases for poppers and things like that um and so basically you'd be saying yeah we don't care all the what you've put into this sport we're not going to use it that's that's going to be illegal now um, within this sport you also may run into an issue if uspsa finds a design that they like and they want to use and ngm has a patent on that design uh well then guess what the only person who can make steel for USBSA going forward is MGM um and i don't think that's necessarily creating a monopoly like that within our small sport would not necessarily be a good idea it would also make it would make every piece of steel almost except for that because there's so many different designs out there it would make virtually every piece of steel uh obsolete You would have like you're talking about turning over like the entire sports worth of steel, um. So I don't totally, I'm not, I don't love that idea. Uh, Not from if maybe if we were starting the sport over, then maybe kind of like that that the argument about production 15 and some of the rules and production stuff. Yeah, if we were going to start the sport over, then maybe we would do some things different. But here it's where we're at, so maybe not. Yeah, I don't agree with that going that way.
2: Hindsight's always twenty twenty. Yeah. Uh, I I
1: I disagree with Jeremy. I like this idea of standardized steel. Uh standardized steel construction. I don't think you make it across all USPSA matches, kinda like Jared said, like maybe just nationals and and area matches or something like that, or uh maybe sectionals. I don't know. That, that to be determined. Hold on, shut up, Jared. I'm talking. Um, but uh, yeah, I think it could work. I like the idea of having standardized steel, and I don't know. I don't. I just don't think USPSA is always kind of like the the stepchild i guess of like people in the industry that that make stuff like targets and target stands and and steel and whatever like there's way more tactical people out there using that stuff so i don't i don't know that it would matter I, I mean i get that it's gonna matter as far as people having supporters for the sport but i don't really feel like it's gonna hurt someone's business if we have like our large major matches having standardized steel that much uh like it's not really going to affect club matches which is where most of that stuff gets used uh so i like the idea i mean it doesn't really solve our our rules as far as uh, we still got to figure out what to do if it it, you know doesn't work but i like starting there
0: uh it does affect your club matches because All these places where you're having sexual matches, we're having area matches, even where you're having national matches, are local clubs for somebody.
2: Yeah. I mean like all those places
0: are local clubs. Well, Uh, I'll point out one thing.
2: One thing too, if USPSA wanted to standardize a certain type of steel for nationals and area level matches, the organization has enough money that they could buy the steel needed and ship it to said matches. Can have it returned afterwards. Like, yeah, it would be expensive, but in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't be
0: that expensive. Yeah. I mean, at that point that, I mean, if you were going to go, I mean, that would be to me how you would have to try to figure that out is that we're going to, okay. USPSA is going to provide the steel for nationals. Cause right now the host club provides all the props for nationals, um, USPSA doesn't, that's one of the things that they require for somebody hosting a club is that you need to have all the walls, all the steel, all the props that we're going to use. Um, so yeah, they would have to, they would have to provide that at that point. Um, I, I don't see them doing that, but uh yeah, I,
1: yeah.
0: I don't think Jeff realizes how many different people, how many people make like a living selling steel for USPSA type shooters and stuff. Uh, yeah. Cuz yeah, I don't, the tactical I don't world think it would bigger. hurt them that
1: so much. I don't think it would hurt them that much, honestly.
0: If they picked a design that MG say MGM has a patent on it or USPSA came with their own design and they patented it, so then these manufacturers have to require for a release of patent from the USPSA and think, they have to pay USPSA or whatever.
1: I mean, I think that would be shitty to do. I think there could be some better coordination as far as it like they can come up with a design and say hey here's the design that you you have to build if you if you want to have your steel in our our big majors. I don't think someone has to be shitty about it and try to put everybody out of business, but I don't know. I guess that is the nature of capitalism, but
0: yeah, I I think you it guys could work. Can, I don't you I guys don't know the details of it. if you think I think that's a terrible. I think that's a terrible idea. But I think uh, okay. So let's let's okay. While we're on the subject, what as far as just different designs that you guys have seen, what do you guys think works well, doesn't work well? Like, like okay, let's maybe we're not going to completely standardize it, but we're going to say you can't do this. I'll, I'll say
2: one one piece of steel I see very little issue out of is the ones where the base and the plate are actually separate. Rarely do you see those hit and
0: not fall. Okay, so I uh, I'm gonna assume that the ones you're talking about, basically, I've seen you see them most at Frostproof. proof. Uh, yeah, and we we have some here. They use some at area three. Yeah, so and basically there are tabs on the bottom so that the popper has to get set, like it can't move left or right. That was actually an addition. Originally they didn't have those tabs, yeah. and some of them still don't, but they can't move left or right and if you want it to fall to the rear, basically there's a stud behind it and it will just, if you hit it anywhere, basically it knocks it off balance and it falls over. Uh, and it doesn't, and that that works well because it's not necessarily a falling backwards. It will fall to the side, like even edge hit will knock it over to the side. Um, the other similar thing to that is is that you can make it with a forward faller, but it's got a spring behind it. And so when you shoot it, the popper rocks back and then falls forward. Um, huh. So, with those that aren't attached to the base, those are very good. But if you hit them perfectly dead on, perfectly in the middle, they won't go down. Like because because it it's it's basically requiring you to to knock the steel off balance. And if you don't, if you hit it perfectly dead center. I've seen them multiple times. I've seen them stay up. And of course, then they come calibrate it, and it's like you're you know you're going to lose calibration on those. Um, but I have seen those like a perfectly dead center hit will not knock them down. Um, that's not every time, but that is sometimes. But that design does work really well.
1: I don't know. I think we kind of discussed it before, but uh, how the the popper is set on the ground is is a major major deal to keeping it consistent and keeping keeping it from failing you know sinking into the mud or whatnot i don't really have a solution because i haven't really seen any awesome ideas i mean um i've seen some that just seem to to work and not move around too much and i think it's just dependent on the type of ground and the weather a lot
2: and they all generally work better if the steel is not falling onto the base, if there's like a tire stopping it instead yeah. of actually falling on the base, when they fall on the base directly, they also get more problems because they get pounded into the dirt.
0: Yeah.
1: But I do agree with, with Jared. I haven't actually seen those, those poppers y'all are talking about. I've never seen one like that. I don't think, um,
2: you shot area three before, right? Yeah. Yes. Then
0: you've seen them before. Yeah. You've seen the. You shot it frostproof, so you've seen
2: them.
1: I do not remember ever seeing them. I guess I have. Um, have but the other type that have. is the other type that is similar to those uh, is that it just like sits in a notch on the bottom and leans forward, and you just knock it over. Like there's nothing holding it up other than itself, and it's a completely separate piece. Like when you shoot it, when it falls down, the piece just completely comes away from the base. Uh, And it's just, it's just, it's a lot like what y'all are talking about. Just less, less parts, I guess. It doesn't have a spring or anything like that. And I think it can only be rivered falling. The ones that I've seen. It just like sets down and, and then you lean it forward. Just like you're like leaning a two by four against a wall kind of deal. Uh, Yeah.
0: You're talking about the same one Jared's talking about.
1: Yeah. No, it it doesn't have any, it doesn't have anything on the back. Like a dead center hit. Like there's absolutely nothing to stop it from going over. Yes.
2: What what I'm talking about doesn't have anything on the back either.
0: Okay. So I'm talking, I'm talking I'm talking about a slightly different one then. But so those are, those are reversible. Those can be those. Well, I don't know if those are reversible or not.
1: Um, yeah, you're just making shit up.
0: No, there are some that like you would see at frostroot that they would, they would be forward falling or rear falling. Um, just depending, uh, yes. like they, you could set them either way. Um,
1: so anyway, the point was the ones that, like, when you hit it, it comes completely away from the base, uh, seem to work pretty well. And the ones, some of the ones that I don't like that I see have seen fail a ton and will absolutely kick your ass in a calibration are the ones that have the little tab that flips up on the side. And uh, you're supposed to just put the the very corner of that tab against the, the popper so that as soon as it touches it, it swings away. Um, and people will swing that thing all the way up. And then so one shot makes it swing down to where it's barely touching it anymore. And then the calibration makes it drop the rest of the way. So those... Uh, like it, they work if you set them correctly, but it is usually not ever conveyed to the competitors how to set them correctly. I don't think I have actually ever seen an RO tell the squad this is how you set one of these correctly. I have um,
2: before the
1: manufacturer
2: of those is an RM, and when he was the CRO on a stage, he made sure to tell everyone the correct way to set those,
1: right? The manufacturer, <laughs> of
0: them. Wow, yeah, okay. so. I actually really like that design. I think it's I think it's a good and effective design. All they but they they just they were incomplete in their design. They needed to add a stop for the tab, where the tab yeah. could only go up to the corner, uh, which would not be hard. I mean, for them to put on there, uh, you could easily put that on there, and then that becomes a very very effective uh, pop.
2: Um, so so
1: you love those it's a great design they just need to change their design
2: we have a ton of them around here for (laughs) the local clubs and and they actually they generally work quite well and they're really good for clubs and stuff because the way they store and they're a little bit modular as far as like you can have one base and you can have a mini popper or a large popper for it there's hard cover you put in front of them i mean they they generally work quite well as long as people are setting them correctly
1: but they don't, and they're the ones that I've seen screw the most people.
2: But if you put a stop on them, that would probably fix a lot of that. Yeah, easy
0: peasy. That's pretty. But they don't. Pretty they
1: fix. don't have a stop on them.
0: Well, they should. Yeah, I mean <laughs> they could. They could definitely add one. It's and one could be added post. Like it wouldn't be that hard to add a stop to it. Um, I am sure no. I will see
2: that. I'm sure I will see that manufacturer at the Illinois sectional. I will tell him to add a stop to them. <laughs>
0: I actually, I'm pretty sure I've seen some with a stop as well as ones without a stop. I, I haven't seen it with a stop, but it wouldn't surprise me. And, and you could, honestly, you could make it to where the tab had its own stop on it. To where it, like you could, you could do it where you don't have to do anything to the popper and you the manufacturer could just send out, Hey, here's, here's a replacement tab. Cause those tabs are just bolted on. Um, yeah. So right. there'd, there'd be a fairly easy solution to it.
1: But the question was are there ones that you have seen work better than others
0: i mean i those work really really well i just when they when they when sugar. they are utilized correctly they work really really well
1: but they're not so they don't
0: Okay, we're just going to keep going in circles. And you're oh gonna my keep, gosh! You're, gonna keep you're such an idiot. That. I'm an <laughs> idiot here. No, they yes. work when they're used. When they're used correctly, they work. That's kind of how most things work. Like if they're if something is used correctly, then it's gonna usually then it it works. When it's used incorrectly, then it doesn't. Um, I don't think that's. I don't think it's a bad design. I think it's just it needs to stop doing. It. That's all. It I just
1: do. needs. It, it's not a bad design. It just needs to be a better design.
2: Not
0: bad design, just not a good one, so yeah. <laughs> That's
1: what I'm hearing.
2: Okay.
0: Uh, I, think, I think we would probably all agree that like the large poppers that are just hinged at the base and re- rear-falling large poppers are just hinged at the base, those are terrible, right? Well,
2: I would also assume that, like I said earlier about them stopping on the base when they go down, that probably causes as much of the problem as it, being a large Popper when it falls on its base it's hitting it a lot harder with more weight. That's probably why we see more issues with large poppers as
0: well. Yeah, yeah, for sure, I
1: agree. They just beat themselves into the ground.
0: Yeah, that's the beauty of the MGM because they have a built-in rubber stop on the back of their, um, back of their uh, base.
2: So that's, that's what I'm referring to as the problem, though, since it's actually falling on the base, so it's beating the base into the ground, even if it does have that rubber there, like. I, I don't know you guys do it at your locals, but around here we put uh, little rubber, like lawnmower tires behind the popper, so they actually catch the popper, so it's not just beating into the base. Yeah.
0: Yeah, that works. Yeah, I've seen, I've seen that done long. for sure. Um, okay, there was one other... Uh, any more popper designs? I don't feel like we actually solved anything with that, but... We discussed through it. Jeff's an idiot, and Jeff thinks. I'm no, an idiot, we did. We fine.
1: decided the ones that the popper completely comes off of the base and comes away from it were the ones that work better. Except for you, you think the one that's a shitty design that's a good design could be really good if if, if the design was a little better, but it's already really good.
0: <laughs> I actually do like those poppers a lot, though. I I I mean, I'm not gonna apologize. I I like those poppers. Uh I think shooters need to not be stupid and like need to pay attention when they reset it so that it doesn't screw their competitor over. Um but yeah, otherwise it's a great design. Um Uh the other the other suggestion um was just let the steel be sta- paint it like steel challenge, let it be static and then the only thing that has to fall are activators. So then you're so then you're basically limiting. Yes, you could still get screwed by a popper, but you're really only asking the ROs to maintain their activator poppers on a stage. And it's, I mean, how many activators do you have in a match? Like if you had if you had ten movers in your typical match, that would be a lot. Um, so that's only that's only ten that you've got to maintain throughout a match versus forty or fifty. Uh, I don't know how many steel you typically shoot at a match, but probably close to that. What do you guys think uh, about just ha- letting steel be static? Paint it, I mean, it, use it like steel challenge.
1: Yeah, I mean, how do they how are they calling hits in steel challenge? Is it literally just audible? Or like do, do they argue hits very often in the steel challenge? I don't really
0: know. So they they paint in between shooters, and then yeah. a shooter would shoot five runs. Um and so then if the I I assume if there's a discrepancy, I don't shoot steel challenge, but I assume if there's a discrepancy and if an RO said, "Hey, you did not hit that plate," then they would go and count the hits and say, "Hey, there's 5 hits here."
1: So, do they have to be full diameter hits in still nope. challenge?
0: No, nope, just has to hit it. So, just like, so just like proper calibration for us currently, it just has to be hit.
1: Right. But if So, what if you like scrape the edge of one?
0: If it had just has to be hit.
1: Okay, so when they paint, I guess they like paint all around the edges and everything, not just the yeah. Front.
0: You would, I mean, you would it would it would put the onus on making sure that you paint it quite well, which is right. no different than like I mean, how how often do you see an edge hit on a paper that doesn't get doesn't get taped, and so then the next shooter has a miss, but then they get that edge hit or whatever, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of that's always going to be an issue. Um, but what do you guys right. think about that?
1: I mean, I don't hate it. But
0: I feel but like it's too big of a departure like,
1: You said make them static Is that what you said
0: Yes they don't fall
1: But then we don't have any activators right
0: well, Jeff listen So then our, your activators would still fall But any, any oh. steel that's not an activator Would would not have to fall You could just make it solid Rigid Okay I don't know What's confusing
1: that's not confusing. It just doesn't really solve the issue of getting getting screwed on an activator proper.
0: Well, it so, greatly reduces it in that you only have, like, where you would normally have, we already went over this, you would normally have 50 pieces of steel that you have to try to not get screwed on in a match versus 10 for activators. Yeah. And the ROs also only have to maintain one or two activator steel per state on their stage. They don't have to try to maintain five, six, ten, or whatever is normally, so it's a lot easier something to maintain. Yeah, it would be. Jared, got any thoughts on that one?
2: I don't really care for it it, because I think it's too big of a departure from where we're at with falling steel. And that's bad. I like when steel falls over. I can Um, see that. With a with a forty yard brown popper, I have to be able to see it fall over,
1: or see it just stand there and stare you in the face. That
0: too. <laughs> uh, I'll I'll be honest. Like at the local matches I run now, like I'm not I'm not running them as official USBSA matches, and so my steel is static. Like I just don't like when I'm setting it up. I don't have time to go test it, like calibrate everything. So I just, and I'm running like if I'm shooting like five or six shooters show up, like it's like, okay, like guys like shoot it till you hit it to hear the ding and then go on. Um, and it's not a problem at, at the, for me at the lo- at a local level like that, it's pre- it's not an issue. Um, and really it's kind of a deal. It's like if it becomes an issue, then it's just like, okay, just reshoot the stage. And there's no, and the thing with that is, is allowing a reshoot for that is you don't have to go through like the calibration process itself takes forever, right? Like, like you have to call, like some, they have to come over if they're busy in another bay, it's going to take them 10, 15 minutes. Uh, like, so that takes a long time just to do the calibration process itself. Um, so for me, it works on a, I think on a level one. Local level, I think you could allow static steel, and and just be fine with that. Um,
1: Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean local. Yeah, levels, level one and locals like
0: that is level one is local.
1: I almost feel like, yeah, I I wasn't disagreeing. I was just restating it. Um, That I don't know. I almost feel like anything goes. Like I don't. I don't really care about locals like what happens at a local honestly uh it doesn't bother me i'll yeah you could do whatever it's i don't care
0: yeah and i think maybe i mean the fact that you travel to bigger matches is a little bit why you kind of like when you start traveling to bigger matches then locals tend to become way less important for some people their local match is their most important match and so they don't want it to feel like it's just a backyard piece of crap although some people are they prefer that because it's like hey we're we're just out having fun uh shooting guns and hanging out with friends we don't necessarily care what the score is so no big deal um yeah yeah so, and
1: like i still take locals like pretty seriously right like i don't i don't necessarily goof off much at locals So just uh i just don't i don't expect like super high quality, like materials and and perfection and all that. Like I get it. Like it's, it's a local, someone's doing the work, you know, every month. There's a lot, they're putting in a lot of time that I'm not. Uh, So I'm I'm not gonna pitch a bit about a local if someone's putting in any time on it at all.
0: Yeah. Um, Okay. I think we've, we've kind of, we've kind of discussed all the parameters, like a lot of different people, what they've suggested, um, and, and that sort of stuff. Would you guys change, just change the, uh, the calibration process itself? Anything y'all would do differently just in, like to speed that up?
2: Well, I don't really know what you can change there because with the current, rule set it has to be calibrated to know it's set right like you can you can kind of eyeball it and get it close but you need to calibrate it to confirm especially at
0: big matches so the the one thing i would do is just allow the ro's on the stage to calibrate it like go around give 10 rounds of sub-minor ammo to every every ro out there surely these ro's are can travel are traveling like there's gonna be in three or four ro's that are on a stage one of them will have a nine millimeter gun. Like,
2: every every calibration gun would have to be chronoed each day.
0: Yeah. Um, again, that's not, that wouldn't be that, to me, that wouldn't be that hard. Um, but you wouldn't have to calibrate, you wouldn't have to chrono them each day. Why do you have to chrono that, them each day? I, I think the current rule set, they have to be chronoed each well, day. Well, we don't care about the current rule set. So, they can chrono it at whenever they whenever RO shoot and then they can chrono their gun with sub minor ammo and then you've got a gun on each stage. Or you just freaking have each stage you've got a Glock seventeen on there that okay, RO just use this and you can give it away as a prize or something at the end or whatever. Uh give it to the RO give it to the RO on a stage or whatever. Um I think there's, I think there's a, you could have more people available to shoot guns. We don't have one person that's on the other side of the range and you got to wait for 10 minutes for the RO to get there to calibrate. I think there's probably got to be some better ways to do that. Um, okay. That's Jeff. Any ideas as far as speeding up the process? Not necessarily changing it, but just how can we just make it speedier?
1: Speedier, yeah, I mean, I had thought kind of the same thing that you mentioned, like letting the letting the guys on the on each bay do do the work I guess instead of having to wait for the the r m to come around,
0: yeah um, okay uh Jared. <laughs> What is your fix for Popper calibration? I don't think we have come up with a fix yet uh, that doesn't no. have problems. So, so no. Jared, what's your fix?
2: Well, first, I'll, I'll point out the most obvious thing of all these ideas: is it? It's probably the reason Popper calibration hasn't changed yet. Is is it? So far, there's not a good idea that's clear cut. Like, oh, that's a great idea. We should do that. So it's like you can talk round and round in circles about what should be changed on Popper calibration, but. So far, there's not a great idea. One thing that I kind of liked would be if it is a full diameter hit or even over half a diameter hit in the calibration zone, then it should either be an automatic reshoot or scored as hit. Now, generally, I think when you hit a popper, you can see, yeah, there might be some other splatter on it, but if it's freshly painted, you can see where the bullet hit, right? So an easy way that you'd be able to do that is if you took the current overlay and you added a small ruler on one side of it, if it's over a half of a diameter hit, then the splatter should be larger. There should be a longer measurement into the popper than it is side to side
0: or equal, equal or larger. And if it's shot at an angle,
2: well, there's the other issue, same as any other idea,
0: and what about the lower part of the calibration zone?
2: if it's out of the calibration zone, then
0: shoot it again. Where is the cali how do you know where the calibration zone is at the bottom
1: i don't know jeremy why why are you doing this? He's just supposed to throw out his his fix yeah we, we already shot it pieces. Out
0: uh, what's your fix, Jeff?
1: Mm, I mean, I was drafting it up as you were talking. Um, so my fix is well. First, we need to use standardized equipment for our our poppers. Okay, so we're gonna we're having a standardized design, setup, whatever. Okay, so we're gonna combine that with using mostly statics we're only going to use this this standard popper on activators uh, so we'll have our our standard equipment for our activator and then on top of that we will also allow our uh, range masters to do calibration checks
0: so your your standard popper is going to be the one that doesn't have a base. Oh, I don't know. Like the the, we, deta- we come sorry, up with the one. Detaches from the base.
1: No, not. As, I wasn't saying that. I was just saying oh, we okay. come up. We come up with one. We have a standardized equipment. How, whatever it is, it's gonna be badass though, and it's never gonna fail. And uh, that's the one we're gonna use for activators. And then we'll couple that with using more statics. You know, our only followers will be our activators, and then we will also allow our. Uh, Range officers, CROs, ROs, to do calibration.
0: Okay, so your so your plan is all static steel. We're gonna have a standardized activator, and then we're still gonna keep. We will at that point. Then we will still maintain the exact same calibration uh, policy for the falling steel, and to speed things up the ROs on the stage will have access to a to a chrono gun. Is that is that a good summarization?
1: Yeah, probably as of right now. I kind of wanted to think about the the actual process for calibration more, but I ran out of time before I could finish my draft.
0: You've known this podcast is coming for like m- literally months.
1: Yeah, but I mean, ran out of time, like, because I started like thirty seconds ago.
0: Yeah. Um,
1: all right, all right, Jeremy, give us give us the perfect plan now. Now that Jared and I have tried and failed, let's hear. Yeah, it.
0: you tell us exactly what we're going to do from now on. I, and all honestly, like, again, I think the process that we have is actually really good. Um, I. I wish there was a little bit more leeway for the ROs to, like, to make a judgment call, which I know, like, I know that's bad. I mean, I know, like, like that becomes a competitive equity type deal that your buddy gets a, gets a call that somebody that you don't necessarily like so much, uh, doesn't get the call. But it's usually when somebody gets screwed on a popper, like, Everybody knows this person just got screwed. Um and I wish like in that instance like JJ's instance at Nationals, I wish there had been a like I wish there was room in the rule book for the RO cuz once that happened at Nationals the RO couldn't really do much. Um I wish there was a little bit more room for them to be like uh yeah this are, I'm going to give you a reshoot. Uh because like clearly you have a good hit. Um, and so I'm going to give you a reshoot. I know that becomes then very, like you can shoot that full of holes as far as that becomes uh, very subjective to, to what is good. Um, yeah. But I feel like there's there's something there. To me, in all honesty, like it comes down to uh, stage design is part of it and it, making sure that you design it so the steel is shot Head on, like straight on, um, and that's that's in stage design and stage setup. Uh, ROs need to stay on top of their on top of their um, stages and make sure like they're they got you got to check at least between every squad um, go and look at all of your steel and make sure that they the the bases are still solid in the ground. Um, you can bump check them usually pretty easily with your hand. I know it's not and. And allow the ROs then to make adjustments without having to call the RM, because right now they can't make. I believe they can't really make an adju- adjustment. And somebody may may comment on this later and say, "No, you're wrong." But the they can't. If they make an adjustment, they have to recalibrate it. And to me, if you make it lighter, like there's, yeah, if you make it heavier because it's falling down because the wind, then yeah, you probably need to recalibrate that. But if you make it lighter, then we don't necessarily need to recalibrate at that point. You made it easier for it to go down and allow the ROs to do that and maintain their, their bay, which again, if they had guns with calibration ammo available to them, then they could calibrate it in between squads, uh, fairly quickly and easily and, uh, make sure everything is, is right. Um, I, I. I don't. I haven't heard of a great. In all honesty, I haven't heard of like a great. This is our solution to popper calibration. Um, like I haven't. I haven't heard one that's really good.
2: I've got it from now on. Instead of calibrating it, when when the steel doesn't fall, the arrow just turns to the entire rest of the squad, and they vote if you get a reshoot or not. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay, I wait. Bet that- I- that's actually not bad because that's going to motivate a lot of people to make sure they tape and reset very actively.
1: Right, yeah. So, I think uh, I I don't normally like the idea of, uh, like, you shoot one, it doesn't go down, that's range equipment malfunction, just because I feel like it too happens too much for that to be the yeah. fix. Um, however coupled with my other fantastic ideas, uh, with the standard equipment only be only being used on activators and then everything else is a static. I think we can implement that in the, the activator popper, uh, cause there's much less poppers now. Uh, so that would be the final piece of my, my fix instead of having like the normal calibration called range master or whatever, it's just, if you hit an activator, it doesn't go down. It's a range equipment malfunction and it needs to be fixed.
0: Yeah. Uh, I will say the other thing of using just static steel, let's say you've got an array of steel. um, Calling whether a competitor has shot at a steel, especially an array is hard. But when you Hmm. definitely go to, like, a static, then that becomes, that could become even, to me, it becomes a little bit harder even because it's, when you go to, like, an array and you shoot down five of six, then it comes a lot easier to say, oh, yeah, you didn't shoot at that, right? Um, Whereas if they're all staying up, then it's like, yeah, I don't know if you shot at it or not.
2: Other problem with static, though, too, is, like, when you, maybe you have a big popper with a little popper behind it or something
0: lose that with statics as well well that becomes an activator target is that i mean i assume in jeff's jeff's rule jeff's land uh that would become an activator target
1: it would have to if it was gonna comply
0: right so yeah uh what else we got on popper calibration that's it i fixed it so i mean it are we basically saying that what we've got is as good as we're going to get?
1: No, I don't think so. I think somebody smarter than us will figure
2: it out. Exactly. I think there's certainly areas to improve it. And I don't think anyone would disagree. We know it's not as good as it could be, but I don't know that I've heard an idea that's clearly better yet.
0: I mean, i yeah, I've heard from a lot of what I consider smart people. Um, I haven't necessarily seen one that I can't kind of shoot holes holes in their theory pretty easily.
1: Yeah. But that, that's also just like the nature of your personality. You just like really negative about other people's ideas.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's not that I'm trying to be negative. It's that like if there's actual holes in the, in the process then it's like, okay, like obviously that doesn't work. He's a gunsmith. That's just the way they are.
2: Right. Yeah, it's
1: gotta shoot holes in other people's work. I get it. I get it. I get it.
0: <laughs> Whatever. I was gonna that say was fun. I forgot what it was. Uh, yeah, I I, I mean I, I in all honesty, I think it, it comes down to uh ROs need to control their stage and, and maintain it as best they possibly can. Yeah, uh, they, I mean, if we, they do that, then that eliminates a lot of this stuff. Even with the even with Jeff's hated tab popper, if the RO will educate competitors before they start stage, hey, when y'all reset this, make sure you just put the corner of that tab. I think you're gonna you're gonna see well, people comply with and, that as well.
2: And if if it's a major match, it's a good idea for the ROs to take a look at activators or stuff like that and make sure it's set right. When it's fi- when the competitors are finished resetting it, glance at it, make sure it's
0: set right. Yeah,
2: it's an uh, easy I'll way th- to
0: prevent problems on your stage. I will say one thing that I would be in favor of USPSA implementing um, is on big poppers. They have to be uh, frostproof. Uses those. It's like the steel is only like three sixteenths of an inch thick, so they're much lighter than the normal poppers that we see, and those those fall way way easier. Um, just cause there's so much less mass to have to move. Those actually fall really, really well. Um, so I'm, I'm in favor of, of if USPSA said, Hey, you've got to make, if you're going to use a big popper, it's gotta be these, these thin ones. Um, cause they work better. The only problem with that is they won't last as long. They'll crack, they'll split and crack much faster.
1: Right. Yeah. Which does anybody know like the normal lifespan of a popper?
0: But it depends.
2: The actual lifespan. Whenever they start getting like <laughs> cratered and, and a little right. bit of bending, it's probably time to replace them. A lot of local clubs. I don't know when it throws too much lead back at the shooter because it's like a circle, like right. this way, yeah. like it's, rattled back. It's, yeah, the it's shooter. like <laughs> the half circle <laughs> and and cracking across the
1: middle. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, I was just curious if you knew what like the expected or rated lifespan of one was if shot with normal handgun ammunition
0: I mean I would I would expect a club would get like I would expect a club should budget to if all the shooters locals and they don't have it let's like, say they get 25 shooters a month and they have one local a month I would expect a club to kind of budget every 10 years probably trying to cycle through that if they're frost proof and they're holding majors once a month and all their locals and training and stuff like that I would kind of expect them to probably cycle through it every five years probably. Uh they would probably need to be replacing that steel.
2: Yeah. There would be too many variables. How many how often you're using it and stuff like that as well. Yeah. Especially like our, our one of our local clubs that has three gun matches, you know. They're shooting the steel all the time with a shotgun too. This you know bird shot's not gonna beat up a piece of steel like, you know, God's caliber does.
0: <laughs> yeah, but then they, if you shoot it, you know, if you start shooting with a rifle, uh, anything like that, um, yeah, it becomes. Yeah, so it's gonna, probably like it's gonna take replace,
2: it, replace it every eight rounds of 45 or 10 years, <laughs> whichever comes first.
0: Yeah. You know that knockdown fire on 45. <laughs> That's right. Impressive. All right. That's our discussion on popper calibration. I don't feel like we... Uh, I don't feel like we came up with a great solution. I thought maybe we would. Um,
2: (laughs) I think we're worse off than we started.
0: I don't think we came up with a great solution, Um, but I think
2: that's mine is good.
0: I I mean, I'm okay. I'm okay with the static steel. Um, I'm fairly. I'm fairly okay with that. Uh, I think it's. It does. I mean, It it makes scoring is going to take longer. Because it's real easy. Oh, all the steel are down. Versus you're gonna have to go look at every single steel, and is there a hit there? I heard a hit. Well, okay. Do you see it? It's like, oh, I think that's an edge hit. Well, did it get painted correct? Like did the edges get painted all perfectly? Like it, it could slow. Like scoring could just take longer with static steel, right?
1: It could. Yeah, that's true.
0: I'm not trying to. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm not trying to blow holes in your theory. Mm, I'm not trying to. Yeah, we,
1: we'd probably see less like of those all steel stages if that were the case
0: I would think I would think so um, at least but setup would be way faster at least like you don't have to like pick it up um, so that would be yeah that would be a positive <coughs> um, so it's a tricky tricky topic uh if you guys have any other ideas that we did not discuss uh, and Jeff I wasn't negative nancy about uh then send us your idea and i guess i can be negative nancy about somebody else's idea which would be fine yeah
1: i mean if if nothing else you're you're extremely dependable and that we can always count on you to
0: be negative that is true (laughs) (laughs) do what i can (laughs)
1: that's good that's good all right i think that's all we got isn't it i think so
0: Peace. Oh, stop recording, damn it.